Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. They say you can never escape a mother's love, but for Chloe, that's not a comfort, it's a threat. There's something unnatural, even sinister, about the relationship between Chloe, played by newcomer Kira Allen, and her mom, Diane, played by Sarah Paulson. Diane has raised her daughter in total isolation, controlling every move she's made since birth, and there are secrets that Chloe is only beginning to grasp. From the visionary writers and producers and director of the breakout film, Searching, comes a suspense thriller that shows that when a mom gets a little too close, you need to run. And with that, I'd like to introduce to our audience the uh, director of this terrific new film, and that would be uh, Anish Chaganti, as well as Sev Ohanian. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Let me correct my introduction a little bit. Director Anish Chaganti, as well as Sev Ohanian, who's the producer of Run. Let me just start by saying that um, this is a, a a lot of fun. This film is fun if you like a lot of adrenaline and foreboding mixed into your idea of fun. Uh, it's it's such a well-paced film, and uh, that's the thing that jumps out at me was that how how you just kept things moving really well, really in a kind of a a very brisk way, but you also found time to slow it down in times when you wanted to really introduce something that was a little bit terrifying. I'm gonna just kind of curious, I'll just ask you, since you were a co-writer on this film, Anish, what was the process? What were you looking for as you were beginning to put this film together? I mean, a lot of the key words that you described was our intention. So I'm glad that you uh, you, you felt a little bit of that. But I, you know, I think for, for me, approaching it as a director before, as, before a co-writer, I think like, you know, I coming off of searching, which was such a, a technical, you know, confusing, complex kind of piece of just, you know, unconventionality. You know, I, I think what I want to do as a filmmaker is not put myself into a box and do something techie or similar, but rather just go 180 degrees in the opposite direction and do basically the exact opposite, which in this case was, you know, the words that we felt like were the opposite before we even landed on a story, Seven I was like something timeless, something classic, a, a bare bones sort of thriller that only used the least amount of characters it could, the least amount of spaces it could uh, to tell something, hopefully that would be emotional and engaging uh, and, uh, and, you know, hopefully edge of your seat. So that was the sort of like parameters that we set for ourselves. Uh, you, you know, even before we knew what the story we were doing was, in, uh, what was, and in that case, like in that way, searching and run are very much like complementary pieces. Uh, they, they don't speak the same language, but they're all, they're on the same spectrum. They're just very far from each other. You know, going from there, once we kind of set those parameters out, I think like we, you know, Seb can talk about this, but we basically were looking hard for what that right iteration of idea would be that would allow us to make that story. And we found something in a, in a headline that we just realized that like, if you turn a couple of phrases in that headline and keep certain pieces of information, secrets to one person and known to another person, all of a sudden you might have something that is hopefully very Hitchcockian. And um, we love that word here at Search Party, our little uh, organization of me, Seb and Nat. And we kind of just was like, okay, that's that seems like a good North Star. Let's just go for that. 
Well, Sev, uh, as a, the producer and sort of putting these pieces of the of the film together, what were you, obviously the, the casting of this was uh, incredibly important, and you took a chance on a newcomer with uh, Kira Allen. Talk a little bit about the sort of the the piecing together of of the film. It's a challenging film, you know. I mean, I think Anish said it perfectly. Like, searching was our first, you know, it was our first time Anish and I writing together, Anish directing, and, and Natalie and I producing for Anish. Um, and we kind of knew to follow it up. We wanted to do something bigger. You know, this was this was a run was also our first experience making a movie with a studio, and rather than making it independently, one of the things that we found specifically as producers that would be incredibly challenging was you know finding the right young actress to play the role of the daughter character. Um, and we were lucky that we ended up landing with Kira Allen, who is phenomenal in the role, um, but it was not easy to get to her because, you know, frankly, one of, one of our goals and Anish, Natalie, and myself early on in developing the film was knowing that as we had made Searching, you know, a story about a father searching for his missing daughter, and we had kind of fought hard to make sure we could cast uh, John Cho, a Korean American man in that role, which is not traditionally, you know, where you would see Asian American men playing in Hollywood films. With Run, it was kind of a foregone conclusion for us that we would have to find a young actress who truly lived with a disability to properly play this character who also had a disability. And we were fortunate that, you know, our studio Lionsgate was 100% on board with that and everyone saw the merit in that. And we had this fantastic casting director, Rich Delia. And I think one of the one of the ways that our, you know, our relatively small film felt like a big scale, large Hollywood production was that we did have a nationwide casting search. Um, we we kind of did the traditional route of reaching out to all the agencies and cast you know casting directors all around town, but all around every town. But also we took a non-conventional uh, path in that we reached out to drama schools and organizations that you know community programs that helped represent you know people with disabilities. And we really really took our time. I mean we spent several months watching countless tapes. Um, ultimately you know meeting a couple of folks. We flew Kira out to L.A on one occasion just to kind of see her act in person. And then when we were really narrowing it down, we flew her out again to have her act opposite Sarah Paulson, who we'd already cast at the time, just to ensure that the chemistry was there. And honestly, it was amazing just being a part of that process because, you know, this is this is our humble film and we're excited about it. But, I, you know, in a lot of ways, like the fact that Kira is going to get the proclaim acclaim that we know she deserves and it seems like she's getting rightfully and the fact that it kind of came from us feeling like, hey, guys, we should make this movie. It, it, it's a good feeling. Contrasting her with such a, you know, an established star like Sarah Paulson, who it feels like in the last five or six years, she has really just found, you know, herself in terms of as an actor uh, and the role she's been taking on. Going back to the miniseries on the OJ trial, she really seems to have really broke into that upper echelon of actors in terms, she's always been good at what she does, but now she's getting the recognition and she is amazing in this film. And I love the way you shot her. I'm just going to just sort of a, a film geeky thing here. Very beginning of the film, she is clear eyed, beautiful. And that we see her in that support group for the, uh, for the homeschooling. She looks like a million dollars, but very gradually over the course of the film, she, be you begin to, degrade her look shall we say just she gets a little darker a little more in the shadows a little a little more and more as the film progresses and i love those kind of things in film because they are subliminal they're telling you things that you the filmmaker want people to know but not in something so obvious i just felt like it was it was a touch in the film that really struck me as i watched it and um I'm just, I don't know if I have a question. I just want to compliment you on your ability to, to kind of add a lot of other elements into telling the story, which brings me also 
to your sound design. That's another thing. And I always think in a horror film, if you don't have good sound design, you're in trouble. Anish, do you want to talk about any of those things that I just brought up uh, in terms of just how you were telling the story? Yeah, no, I appreciate you bringing up these two very specific elements because uh, the people who are sort of leading it behind it, I'm glad we get to talk about them. So in chronological order, you know, you spoke first about how Sarah's look sort of um, uh, progressed throughout the film. And I think like so much of that came from our incredible makeup artist, our incredible uh, hairstylist, uh, Michelle and Aaron, um, our incredible uh, um, uh, uh, director of photography, Hilary Spera. You know, I think like all of these people, that was such a conscious change for us to, to sort of progress, to make throughout the film was just taking, you know, the entire film is sort of like a story about how this idyllic home with this idyllic mother gets revealed to be a house of lies and is actually just a prison. You know, and I think that feeling of, of that transition is very, very important in the film. And you can see it in the costumes and the, uh, from Heather. And you can see it from like in the way that everyone's lit and the way that the makeup is made and the hair is done. And I think like, I'm, I'm very happy that you picked up on that specifically because um, it's a huge compliment to those guys. And, and as far as sound design goes, yeah, we had an incredible sound designer named PK Hooker um, who, uh, you know, he's done it most recently. I think the film that I loved from him most was called Invisible Man. It was this year's Invisible Man. His ability to like not just do the sound, but tell a story with the sound is like really, really like inspiring because like there are moments of this where you're like, you know, if I was sound designing it, I would just put the sound underneath it, but he's able to sort of like tell a story with it. And I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful that you asked these questions because all those people really deserve a lot of credit for their work. Again, this is the art of filmmaking, right? Uh, it's telling a story. It's telling a story that people would want to spend some time with. But it's also the things that um, the magic, the spice, the, 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 the sauce, whatever it is in the filmmaking, where you, can, you have an opportunity to really stretch out, really push an audience. And, and you're a magician, right? As filmmakers, you're, you're, throwing, you're putting magic up on screen and you want people to kind of buy into it. And part of that magic comes along with the technicians that you, you're talking about in the film, in the filmmaking. Um, as a frame of reference for Run, by the way, it's going to be Run, speaking of that, it'll be premiering on Hulu on November 20th. So that's coming right up. So you want to check that out. References you mentioned Hitchcock early on, Anish, and I, I. There are a couple other films that this will this reminded me of. Um, one, Misery. Yep. Another one was Baby Jane. Yep. Uh, another one was Mommy Dearest. Yep. Okay. I mean, so I, I'm I'm hitting some of the hitting some yeah. of the touchstones yeah. here. I think Mommy Dearest. Oh, Baby Jane specifically was something that I was not even aware of until we were writing the film. And then you start to watch it and you're like, oh, wow, we're also making Baby Jane. Um, you know, <laughs> I think the the one, the one, um, the film that I think on that list that we specifically, Seb and I, while we were writing it, and, you know, not Seb and I, while we were making it, talked the most about was Misery. You know, like the, the movie is very easily describable as Misery with a mom and a daughter, you know, like... <laughs> And, and, and there's so much of that domestic sort of obstacles and, and yeah. figuring out of backstories that sort of is, both films share in common. But really those movies plus um, like Rear Window and Psycho, I think, and you can kind of put together really much like the films that we were trying to echo and emulate, which are sort of screaming all over the film on a visual standpoint. I know another character in the film that I think is, is an important one is the, the house. 
that the, the shot, the long shot of the house, at the very beginning, it is that classic sort of idyllic all American home, which again, I think is plays an important part in the telling of the story is the house itself is that, that American Gothic sort of look to it. Was that anything that, uh, that, that was conscious or, or not? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, one of the ways we always talked about this film in developing and making it is that it's like one half Hitchcockian psychological thriller and then one half prison rape movie. And, it, and in, you know, in this case, like, what is the prison, you know, and the prison happens to be just a regular domestic house, you know, I mean, obviously, we wanted to make sure we chose a house that had character and personality and texture and, you know, the upstairs of the house we actually constructed on a soundstage, but we ended up finding the house, um, luckily for us, um, in the outskirts of Winnipeg, Canada. Um, and, and, you know, I think Anish and I are big fans, um, particularly Anish of like, you know, Mission Impossible, big set piece driven, like stunt kind of movies where you always can't wait to see what's the next crazy thing Tom Cruise is going to do. And like our slight inspiration was like, can we create something, you know, whether it's on the page in a script or more specifically on set with an actress and ultimately on your screen on Hulu, <laughs> November 20th that resembles the same ups and downs and like heart racing edge of your seat as Tom Cruise jumping out of a skyscraper. But in our case, it would be, you know, a 16 year old teenage girl who is, um, you know, maybe trying to get out of a room. And yeah. I think, you know, on a, on a very thematical level, this is a movie that is about, you know, clearly about a girl who wants freedom, but, you know, on a deeper level, it's probably about a teenage girl who wants what every teenager wants, which is independence. And, one of the ways that like, you know, that's reflected in reality and, and in other movies is, you know, being locked in your room, you know, when you're in trouble, you can't get out. And like, one of the things we wanted to do is like, can we take that concept and elevate it? And like, what is our Tom Cruise version of that? And I think that's, you know, that's clearly what the midpoint steps of the movie was trying to do. So yeah, the house was incredibly important to cast as a character. And I think it's definitely one of the things I'm, I'm most happiest about is, is landing that thing. Well, I want to congratulate both of you. Congratulations on this wonderful work. And it is, it moves like a freight train once it gets going. And I, I really, that's for people who just want to see good filmmaking and with all the with firing on all, all cylinders, this is a film that you'll, you'll want to check out on starting on Hulu on November 20th. The film is run. And I want to thank both of you for being here on Film School today. Uh, and that would be the director, Anish Chaganti as well as Zev Ohanian. Thank you so very much for being here on Film School. Thank you very much, Mike. Thanks so much, Mike. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.